0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of One to Watch. Uh, I have my friend Squeaky Lawrence over there. you may have heard him.
1: Already. Hi. sorry I'm just squeaking my chair.
0: He, you may remember him from the second episode and briefly in the first episode where I believe he was hiding in the corner.
1: Yeah, I think you called me some, some sort of goblin. Uh, it's gremlin. 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 Don't worry, okay.
0: I, I recently actually re-edited the episode so I had the pleasure of listening back to our conversation I think we had quite a good nab on uh last time i don't know what that actually means now i've said it i'm trying to remember something my grandma said the other day uh yeah so uh, uh today we're going to talk about licorice pizza Indeed. which is the new paul thomas anderson film we've both seen it fairly recently i watched it yesterday and... i
1: watched it three four days ago
0: yes you had a pleasure of going to a very nice cinema to watch it i and did i had to uh go away out into the dregs. So that is the vue so I, I just want to get this out of the way and say that when I saw it, I was sitting in the front row. I don't tend to do that, uh, but this time it was really close to the screen. So I was like kind of leaning back the entire time and the entire film was being projected at a strange <laughs> angle to me. So maybe it wasn't the most opportune viewing experience.
1: Well, I had an ideal viewing experience. It was just me, there was two other people in there, or three other people in there. Nice comfy sofas, had pillows.
0: No need to rub it in. Do you get food delivered to you as well? I had nachos delivered to me oh, well. but the nachos weren't great. Was honest. it just you or did you go with I went with my girlfriend. Your girlfriend? Yes I also went with my girlfriend. So this is Paul Thomas Anderson's latest film I th- think it's his 10th film something like that He's he, the last film he directed was Phantom Fred, which was in 2017 it has Daniel Day-Lewis in it and uh, it's Daniel day Lewis's last film so Daniel Day-Lewis is kind of Perhaps his most p- famous or iconic performances in there will be blood, which yeah. he won best actor for, which is also a PTA film. And yeah, after Phantom Thread, Dan- Daniel Day-Lewis retired. I read earlier that Paul Thomas Anderson was actually depressed. so I don't know if that's related. So yeah, but if you haven't seen it, we won't talk about that. I think it's a very good film. I've been meaning to
1: watch it, but I haven't got around. To it's it.
0: probably my favorite of his, along with The Master. But I do also really like that. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for the Will be blood as a film, but it didn't really click with me as much as potentially the other two I think that one of my favourite PTA film. fair enough I didn't really connect with The Master
1: at all I've watched it two times now I didn't really like it oh did TV you
0: rewatch it time. I didn't. I
1: rewatched it a while ago
0: oh ok because
1: I, really I remember like when it.
0: you initially watched it you were a bit middling on it
1: yeah
0: yeah I mean I haven't actually rewatched it god it's going back to about two odd years now but I think the fact that I can remember so much of the film at, at least in my mind speaks volumes to how much it actually resonated with me at the time because I really do feel as if I've watched it fairly recently, even though, good God, it was two years ago. <laughs> I'm completely off I can barely
1: remember it. I can only, there's one there's that well there's one shot that I really liked in it when they're in like the elevator. Oh and yeah, that's quite, quite, quite like fun. a high yeah, angle looking yeah. yeah. down in the mall.
0: Yeah, he he is um I don't know who his cinematographer is for because I, I think he's chopped and changed over the years other so things
1: for Licorice Pizza PTA was one of the
0: cinematographers yes I saw that and noticed that in the credits yeah. and I hadn't like seen that before and I know there was um, with Phantom Fred I don't think that film had a cinematographer am
1: I right I think he was a cinematographer yeah. for it
0: yeah yeah so it was kind yeah. of like he was directing and be, doing yeah. camera work as well and that, that got a lot of acclaim at the time and I remember like watching quite an interesting video on it, which if I can find I'll put in the description so he was a cinematographer first but I'd say alongside someone else yes, alongside someone else in relation to Phantom Fred like his previous film it's completely different obviously yeah. I'm not going to yab on about this too much because you haven't seen it So, but that's very much like a well it's set in 1950s London very refined follows high members of high society at the time it's a very focused film as well and I, that's one thing I felt about this film is that it's kind of a bit all over the place yeah because
1: I feel like with PTA, from what I... I haven't seen all of his film, but from what I have seen, they're kind of... There's the films that are kind of more focused, more kind of prestige, less humour in them, so The Master, There Will Be Blood. Yeah. And then there's things like Boogie Nights and Licorice Pizza, I suppose, which are more kind of humour and more kind of playful, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing. When I actually came out of the cinema yesterday, I was thinking initially that like oh wait this doesn't feel as if it fits in with his other films because I haven't seen like some of his more I've seen Boogie Nights but I haven't seen like Inherent Vice or like Punch Drunk Love which are both meant to be quite you know playful not taking themselves super seriously where I've more seen his more prestigious like by the books focus films Um, so it felt like a bit of an outlier but maybe in retrospect it actually isn't and definitely in relation to Boogie Nights the aesthetic is is fairly similar because they're set in a similar kind of time yeah. period and similar area. So it's interesting. I mean, I haven't watched that film in a while, but it was interesting to look back to how far perhaps he has come. Mm-hmm. Because I'd say this film is, I mean, when I first watched Boogie nice I did really like it, but, but in retrospect, it's kind of gone down in my estimation a bit. I'd say this film is like on par with it. Yeah. In so, my mind. So
1: what would you say Licorice Pizza is about? What's, what's the synopsis? Jesus.
0: Um... Cause it's hard to it's hard to pin down. is I it? actually yeah, I actually had to try to explain to my housemate earlier because she, she said that her her parents had seen it and they just came back and just said it was weird and yeah. they kind of struggled to explain what actually happened in the film. So the crux of it is, I guess, like a lot of PTA films, you have these two characters. Uh, and this film is Alana Kane, who's played by Alana Kane. Oh, <laughs> yeah, very inventive there. And Cooper Hoffman, who uh, well that's the actor's name, who plays um, a character called Gary Valentine. Gary is about 15, 16? 15. 15. And she's 25? Yeah, I think so. I Actually, I looked it up earlier. He is in real life. He's 18. She's 30. So 30. It's, it's even bigger oh, than the age. But you don't really feel it that much. No. And, I didn't. Like, you could tell them she was a bit older. And obviously, they do, like, state it at the start. Like, um, Well, they
1: kind of just say it and then just kind of ignore it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one thing What I kind of felt. felt as if it doesn't actually play off of the age gap that much. It's just kind of stated and you're just... And then to just roll with it. A lot of people don't
1: like the age gap and yeah. really kind of judge the film for it. And yeah. I kind of get
0: that. But at the same time, it's not really a
1: big thing.
0: And it's not really a conventional relationship yeah. film anyway. Like, it's not super romantic. They don't fall head over heels mm-hmm. for each other, really. Or if they do, it takes them the whole yeah. film to do And it.
1: either way, it's not as if she is kind of grooming him. No, if anything, no, the no other definitely way around. not. Yeah, he
0: he is definitely one. He actually wears the trousers in relationship in a way. And it's kind of weird at times because some of the stuff... I mean, I didn't actually like him as a character, really. I felt sorry for her quite a lot of the film because he's just... Like, he's a 15-year-old boy. He he just has these really, like... He's a little bit of, like, a psychopath, isn't he? Sometimes, yeah. But even verging on that. And he's just very, like... You can tell he's a virgin (laughs) in a way because the way that... He's just horny. He's just a horny... 15 year old boy Like there's literally I don't know if you remember The shot when they have The gas cans And like him and his friends Are mucking around Like pretending they're penises And stuff like that It's just like I didn't think he was that horny To be
1: honest I thought he was more Kind of Less I want to have sex With this girl And more I want to like Be in love with this girl
0: Yeah actually I guess He he wasn't that sexual He's very desperate To grow up I think Yeah And that's potentially The opposite in her character Where through her Relationship with him She keeps one foot In that kind of World of, you know, being a 15-year-old and, like, the world's your oyster where she's lived a bit longer and seen that yeah. sometimes the world isn't your oyster. You get stuck in a kind of dead-end I read a review place.
1: that just described him as as 15 going on 25. That's yeah, I mean, it works,
0: it. yeah. It, it's, it's fitting, and <clears throat> he's very much, like, he has quite an inflated self, uh, sense of himself, I yeah. feel. And especially as the film goes on, it does kind of criticise that, I guess. Like, there's that scene, you know, when... Uh, he first starts talking about pinball arcades. Oh, yeah. Because they initially have a business venture, which is to do with uh, waterbeds, which is quite strange. I know, and It yeah. does make up a significant part of the Yeah. Um, and then he, he moves on and um, tries to take advantage of pinball machines becoming legalized again, which is very strange thing, that they ever used to be Yeah, illegal. I didn't know they were illegal. But apparently so, yeah. Um, and he, he wants to go in and buy up all these pinball machines. And she kind of says to him, you know, you know you're still acting... As if you have this control over me, and that like, I should just drop everything I'm like, yeah. doing in my life to run off on this crazy venture with you, this new business venture. Because I mean, because like that
1: because the way it kind of happens is they are she goes to work for like a a mayoral candidate, yeah. like up in Safdie, and then they kind of overhear him talking about pinball machines, and about he immediately to tries to take advantage exactly. of that
0: opportunity. And he's quite savvy in that respect. So yeah. like you can. As a businessman, considering he's only meant to be 15, it's quite a good entrepreneur. He he? is quite crafty. It seems to be fairly successful, obviously, up until a point where there's um, the kind of oil embargo that stops his mattress business. Which just
1: (laughs) I think that whole uh, like the scene in the truck in the van, I think that was my favorite scene.
0: Not the one with Bradley Cooper, yeah, 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 that was my favorite bit as well. That was that was the one part of the film where. But I was also a little bit disappointed by it because it felt as if sometimes it goes off into these kind of subplots that actually fizzle out and that's like that's fine but especially with that one it really felt as if it was building up to something happening yeah, like I they suppose. keep calling back to because Brandy Cooper plays with this like complete cypher <laughs> like I think well, I can't remember his name John Peters I, think. I don't know he's based on a real person like he was Barbara Shon's boys at the time as, yeah. uh, as he makes very clear yeah, yeah they kind of fuck around with him a bit and you're you're expecting it to come back to bite them in the butt and it never really does yeah
1: and because I think there's this one small scene I thought was quite funny is when after that whole thing happens and Bradley Cooper's just really angry like kind of storming home so he storms off out of shot and then to like
0: yeah, ten, yeah, tennis I really found that funny, and he yeah. comes back in and tries to like out with them yeah that was funny and like he makes a good point of the fact that he's basically a complete sex addict as yeah well. like which it is. It, some of the stuff is like played for laughs but then it's also taken seriously and that scene is really weird when I'm just going to call him Cooper when Cooper slash Gary initially approaches him because I think they're just there to install a waterbed in yeah. his house and yeah. you don't really know what's going on because they've just kind of turned up in this big van and then suddenly he comes out of nowhere and like, grabs him and he's like I'm going to kill your entire family and yeah. my house and it's like it's kind of littered with these really weird moments mm-hmm. that would make, just make you sit back and be like this is just larger than life at times the yeah. same with um, Sean Penn's Character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird. Because he did, like, a
1: motorcycle stunt, didn't he?
0: Yeah. Like, there's that funny bit where she says to him, do you even remember my real name? And then he just speeds off the bike, <laughs> and she just, like, kind of falls off, and he doesn't even notice. And I guess the film does say... Well, it says something about that kind of cu- the culture of the time where they had these, these men with really inflated yeah. sense of themselves, and that kind of builds onto um, Gary's character as well because he at times because he's only 15 he does feel that way about himself and yeah it's like he's there's a scene as well where he says where she says to him like the world's more than just you and like the whole world doesn't the whole world doesn't revolve around you but then i think he says yes it does yeah, he's like, yes it does my world does and yeah. like he makes very clear like he doesn't understand why she when she goes into politics why she's doing that, yeah. that there is this kind of bigger problem that's going on mm-hmm.
1: I was a bit surprised that I was expecting it to be more about kind of like the music industry or like the film industry,
0: where it wasn't really at all. Yeah, it just, it's always on the periphery. It feels like things just kind of happen in the characters' lives. They're not connected, really. It's just like these events just are on the periphery. Like, it's just one night or one encounter they have with some random person. How long do you reckon, like, the film span? I, I think it's meant to be a year. A year? But, yeah, I... It was kind of hard to tell as it went on how much time had passed because it doesn't have like time stamps. And that's something I mean, I often don't like that in films anyway when they the kind of cliche where it pops up like two weeks later or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's almost like a fucking like weird mosaic in a way or or like a collage of just all these different events all just coming together Mm -hmm. to film this one bigger picture. And it's very disjointed.
1: Yeah, and kind of going off that, like someone asked me what genre it is and I didn't really know what to say. I don't know. Like it's kind of a comedy. But it's, I don't think it's really that... It is funny, but I don't think it's funny enough it's to be a It's kind of comedy. like a romantic comedy, if,
0: yeah. you had to, if you had to, like, classify it.
1: But I suppose... I, I thought it was going to be coming of age, but then not really, I don't think. Like, I don't think they particularly... Or Gary, I don't think he particularly grows up much within the film, because he's already so mature
0: anyway. Yeah, I just think, looking at him at the film's start, I mean, he's just kind of saying to her that, you know, we're going to be together, we're going to have this great time. And in the film, they, they have, like well I don't know if i say it's a great time they have a time together and then yeah. by the end they're together which I wouldn't yeah. really consider a spoiler because it's like that's what you go in if you're watching a kind of rom-com yeah. you know that at the end of the film and that's one thing I hadn't watched any of the trailers or anything like that I tried to go blind but after about 10 15 minutes of the film I felt as if I could see what the ending was going to be and then when the ending actually came round it didn't really surprise me mm-hmm. because they, they just go yeah. off and say you know I love you we're together now
1: who do you think was the main character
0: it's interesting because at least in like the poster, she, uh, Alana, is is big. Yeah. And that, that I don't know if that's influencing the way that I looked at the film, but they almost it's as if they almost have like an equal amount of screen time. So yeah. it's kind of hard to pick between yeah. them.
1: The film starts with him, doesn't it? But then very soon they meet and kind of they both share the spotlight. Yeah,
0: I must concede, Um, I didn't actually see the opening of the film. Okay. I turned up late because the bus took so long and I don't know how late so maybe you can shed some light on this what like, was the first thing you saw the first thing I saw was as far as I like could gauge it was when they first met so I walked in and they were like walking along together and he was asking her okay. out on a date yeah you missed like
1: a minute yeah so. I was gonna
0: say I, I didn't like I kind of obviously had seen mm-hmm. everything I needed to see and I like, yeah. But I wasn't really sure how much I had missed as it went on. If
1: we're into confessions, I did fall asleep for a little bit, in <laughs> No. I fell asleep during the Sean Penn motorcycle stunt. Really? I thought you'd be like the edge of your seat. <laughs> well, I fell asleep when they were talking in the restaurant. Oh, yeah. I fall asleep in, like, every film. Yeah, it's well, not it's not. a quality You say fell asleep in the right, but
0: I can understand Exactly.
1: That. So I fell asleep when they were talking and then I woke up and they're in like a field, there's like some fire. Yeah. You're on a motorbike.
0: I mean, I feel like that probably added to your perception of the scene anyway, because you're kind of sitting there like, what the fuck is going (laughs) on, even if you were conscious at the time. Do you think it's similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. In some ways, but not... I was
1: expecting it to be more similar. Yeah. Based off what I read about it.
0: One thing I was saying to Catherine yesterday, I expected it when they kept having these interactions with Bradley Cooper's character and I'd say it felt as if it was going to build up to something and I almost thought if not him I thought it was going to be something to do you know there's like the guy who hangs out the political. yeah nothing really came of that. no yeah I thought it was going to erupt in like a moment of violence like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does where everything kind of comes together and the shit hits the fan it it just kind of doesn't and I felt as if it not that I would have wanted it to do that necessarily because it would have been derivative of that other film but it felt as if it kind of fizzled out yeah. potentially. I
1: think there was somewhat of a climax when they're both running like, through the yeah. streets. There was a lot of
0: run in this film,
1: wasn't there? Yeah. But when they're both running in the streets like trying to find each other, and then when they finally like, came together and, and kissed or hugged, I feel like I suppose that was the climax. Yeah, and yeah. the
0: lack of anything else, yeah, it is the climax. But there wasn't really that big, but, was it? Yeah, exactly. If you, if you kind of, when you go into that film you that's your expectation anyway, that you know, yeah. eventually either they're going to come together or something's going to happen and pull them apart. Yeah. So you're not really super surprised when, oh, you know, they there's like a, kind. it's almost like a cliche where they're both running to like go and yeah. find each other and then they find each other and then they With that being happy. said, I
1: did like that scene. Yeah, it was good. I, did good. Like
0: I mean, it. P.T. has a lot of visual flair and his films are always really well put together, i found. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing as a director, but sometimes I felt as if, with some of his other films, they feel as if they are unique and that he has a hold in it, but sometimes I felt as if this was a little bit cliche.
1: I was expecting there to be more sort of musical sequences.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of... Um, that's one thing that I felt as well, is like Johnny Greenwood's score in his other films, you it's like really tangible it's always there. I don't know if it's because like something like There Will Be Blood for instance it's not like you have a lot of fucking pop music yeah. back in I can't even remember what it said in, in the early 1900s but it had a lot of needle drops in this film like I, so I didn't think many it had, needle
1: drops I think it did but I didn't really like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a lot of them Yeah. and I liked them in that but in this I didn't really notice them that much yeah
0: no it I felt like sometimes it was just being done to fill a gap or something mm. and a lot of films do that and when it came up at the end, like I was expecting it to have <clears> been scored <throat> by Johnny Greenwood because he's done his other films, but when it came up saying, you know, scored by Johnny Greenwood, I felt that's when I kind of reflected. I thought, I can't think of a single moment yeah. in that film where I actually thought, oh, you know, this score really fits the scene or something. It would be, some of the needle drops were good. I mean, it, they was, fitted, it was but...
1: definitely more soundtrack driven than score driven. Yeah,
0: 100%. And that was one thing that I found potentially a little bit disappointing because in his other films, they have, well, some of his other films, have these fantastic scores that really fit the mood and, like, help. Like, yeah. in be Bludgeoning, you know, like, where the oil rig explodes and you have that really, like... Yeah. But, yeah, I think it was, like, one Upon Time in Hollywood. I f- felt as if he... I mean, I don't know if they're still friends, but he used to be friends with Tarantino.
1: Isn't there the story of them, like... With Fiona Apple. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, railing cocaine all night or something. Yeah, I feel sorry for her.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I felt as if he potentially took that kind of style... Obviously, I don't want to like you know. He may it may have been nothing to do with it, but he's obviously seen that film. Like he has seen that film, and it must have had some influence on this. Yeah, I was I hope I wished it
1: was more like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, to be honest. Yeah,
0: so do I. Because
1: I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of has like it's quite a fun film, especially with the music and all the driving and like the locations. It's very fun. Whereas I felt I didn't feel feel that as much with this one. No,
0: and you think you would, actually, because it's meant... Well, if it is like a coming-of-age film, that's often like, you know, it's just two people, they're coming together, they're just hanging out. And they do a lot of that in this film. But I don't know if it's because I didn't really like Gary's character or anything like that, but I never felt as if I was just hanging out with them. Whereas you do in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: I think the only kind of real moment of that is when, as you said before, when they have, like, their gas cans and they're in, oh, they're in the truck yeah like that was quite fun yeah that, that was
0: that scene was really interesting where she drives backwards down the yeah. hill that was one of the few moments in the film that actually like got my heart racing yeah. and like oh shit because you feel like something's going to happen but then it just doesn't yeah like bas- not much really happens there's like loads of little moments like that but then they all kind of fizzle out
1: about half the film maybe over the half the film is devoted to their waterbed business
0: yeah and then it just kind of ends you know the film was originally meant to be called Soggy Bottom was it yeah (laughs) what why do you think it is called Licorice Pizza I don't really know and I don't want to like look it up I feel like there is a reason but Catherine said to me last night she felt as if it was like a juxtaposition of their characters if you get me because like, they're like two things That you wouldn't expect to go together Like licorice on a yeah. pizza
1: I've read Do you want me to tell you what I've read? Yeah sure go So I've it. read that Licorice pizza is essentially What people used to call Like vinyl records
0: Oh uh, yeah that makes, if that you think makes about it, it kind of, yeah.
1: A vinyl record kind of looks like A pizza made of licorice Like a big Yeah that's disc, quite funny And also licorice pizza LP yeah, that, like that actually makes sense. But
0: I mean, it's a better title than soggy bottom. Yeah, but with that
1: being said, it's not really to do anything to do about music. It's no, not no,
0: exactly. It wouldn't make more sense for it to be called soggy bottom. But yeah. it's just such a. I mean, but even she says that in the film because that's the name of his business. She's like, nobody wants to fucking like buy a match with them that they are just associated with poo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just wouldn't want to say to my friends, "Yeah, I'm going to see soggy bottom today." Who was your favorite character? I can't lie, probably. Well f- favorite probably isn't the right word but Bradley Cooper's character I found mm, it yeah. really funny. I liked her <laughs> really fucked up way. Yeah, I mean I liked her as well. as I said I spent a lot of the film just actually feeling a bit sorry for her because Gary's behavior at sometimes you would like
1: I liked kind of I liked how rude she was as well. Yeah, she very um, especially to sort her of family. To
0: a point, yeah. There are there so many there were like quite a few act- like funny scenes where she just like takes stuff into her own hands and is, makes it very clear that she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like the bit when you know she just comes home in like her bikini and her dad's like, what the
1: fuck? Yeah, that was funny.
0: I didn't realize as well that's her actual family. Yeah, like it's only in the credits again because I knew it was her sisters because they're yeah. in the band together. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's it was her mum and her dad as well. And also, the waterbed salesman
1: was Leonardo DiCaprio's dad.
0: Was he? Yeah, because yeah. I saw it's like ex-Dicaprio yeah. come up and I was like, oh, is there some kind of relation? But I didn't know that. This is bad. Because yeah, apparently he was
1: a waterbed salesman. Oh, that's funny. That's quite I think You've
0: seen Punch Rock, Rob, right? Well, yeah, you've yeah, you yes. said to that. Yeah. Um, is there like a mattress business in that or something?
1: Uh, Does Philip Seymour
0: Hoffman's character have a mattress? Some, system? I think that... Yeah, maybe. Because maybe... I mean, I don't know because I haven't seen that film, but I feel as if I've I read that I've seen that somewhere. Because yeah. I think he made, he made like some... Commer- fake commercial for it that I've seen before <clears throat> and I don't know if it's almost like a callback to that in a way and it's potentially like his one upon a time in Hollywood where Tarantino draws from lots of his other films and makes kind of in references to it N- not so much as that film for sure but it feels as if he's come to almost a different um a similar kind of stage in his career where yeah. he's almost reflecting on the films he's made in the past and making well, wow, it's just a different yeah. kind of film. It
1: very, it seems like he's, you know, he's made lots of well-renowned films, so he can pretty much do what he wants. now. Yeah, well, he he can do what he wants. And now. this is very much just doing what he wants. Yeah, like it's, he, he I, I'm pretty sure he knew it's not going to be. Lots of people aren't going to like this just because it is so unfocused and yeah. directionless. But he still made it he doesn't care
0: yeah and it's all, because they they know each other obviously he was very close to Philip Seymour Hoffman he's known Cooper Hoffman his own his whole life yeah he's known the Heim sisters I wrote for like 10 years it's just like friends making a film yeah. almost and it's really cool it is cool to see a big name director do that because with something like I hate to just keep falling back to it but once upon a time in Hollywood it's not as if they're friends if you get me even if it does have that buddy feel to it it's not like yeah. Tarantino yeah he's worked with them before I guess, but with this film it does feel as if they are just friends who just yeah. spontaneously made this film and came up with all this weird stuff on the fly. Mm. And it's a cool feeling to see a film like that because obviously you have to be in a privileged position as a director anyway to even be able to make a film like that because it's not going to get greenlit.
1: Um I suppose um, that has a similar kind of vibe to The French Dispatch,
0: which you haven't seen. No, I haven't, but I, it, it's I just see It's just all
1: of Wes Anderson's Really. A lot of
0: Wes Anderson's films are like that, but like yeah, with just, Bill Murray just being in everything. Yeah, Bill
1: Murray, Adrian Brody, yeah, all the all the, the favourites.
0: Yeah, I am looking forward to seeing that now. Actually, as you say. I enjoyed it. It's, it does feel like a cool hangout movie, just like a chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay, so I will go on to, uh, well, we will go on to the next section, uh, the concluding section, as I like to call it, where we talk about a film we've seen recently, and then just kind of. A film we liked or didn't like it can be anything because usually I just go for you know something, something you like but if there's something you want to shit okay. on um, you go first oh god uh, well I, I said to you I haven't really been watching much recently but I'd like scream my head off about but I really like Shindler's List you know a lot has been said about that over the years and probably people know what that film is I watched a film called Yee Yee as well uh, which I've been looking forward to watching for quite a long time it was good didn't really live up to my expectation but I did Definitely, in my head expected it to be like the best film I've ever seen, so it was almost inevitable that it didn't live up to mm. my expectation. But it's still, it's still an interesting film. Yeah, we're watching the Hobbit films.
1: A film I want to shit on. Yeah, go is for it. The Darjeeling Limited.
0: I thought you kind of liked
1: that, didn't you? Give it like three stars. I gave it three stars. So I, I watched it. I, I started watching it, and I, I I liked the first half an hour or so. Yeah, I really liked was Anderson's style and the setting. I liked the characters. I liked kind of the setup, but then I just stopped liking it. <laughs> well, it's fair. I don't. I. I granted, I did fall asleep. Which I. I have done. I've in, seen a
0: common theme here. Yeah.
1: I'm so. I can't help it, and it's nothing to do with the film. I fall asleep in almost every film. I'm just. I just fall asleep easily. Yeah. Fair um. But I, I usually fall as I usually can tell I'm gonna fall asleep so what I do I'll pause the film close my eyes for a bit fall asleep then I'll wake up and resume it second wind but
0: when I wake up I'm always or not always but I'm typically less invested in the film which makes sense yeah I can kind of see that and it's interesting to you talk about this because I watched it a couple months ago as well and I I mean I was a bit middling but I did like it I Mm. wouldn't say there's anything I'd really shit on with it but I mean if you care to elaborate Mm. Um, but then
1: after I woke up, I just... I, I was still watching it. It was still engaging. But then by the end, I just literally did not care at all. <laughs> I didn't even what I skipped, like, the, the last ten minutes because I just didn't <laughs> give a shit.
0: I can't even really remember how it ends. I was like... They, like, met their mum. Yeah, yeah, they go to see the mum. But, but there's the bit where they call back to, you know, like, where he writes the short story and uh, about, like, the thing that happened in the garage. Was that what the short story was about? Yeah, so, like, at the start of the film, he he has a short story he, when he's on the train he like yeah. tells him about that and it's about I think that was like the last time they saw each other and all kind of went to shit yeah. I did kind of like that where it called back to it and he because it takes you out of the film because obviously the majority of it is set in India it's a very bright colourful film and it's still bright and colourful in that scene but it's kind of takes you out of the
1: yeah
0: I did think it looked fire. very nice yeah it, it, good it does film. look very nice um, um,
1: and I think Wes Anderson's style as I said before, paired well. I really like the pairing of his style with the setting.
0: Yeah, I think it worked well, but there's the kind of obvious criticism that it's almost as if he uses India as just a backdrop for a story about a bunch of white guys, which is yeah. kind of what the film is. It's true. Yeah, yeah. and like I, he got into a lot of shit as well for "I Love Dogs." I haven't seen that. It's almost a similar thing where obviously most of the film follows docs but he uses japan as just like this kind of quirky backdrop
1: is it set in japan yeah it it's like... why well, set
0: in like a fictional japan so it's japan it's like but then the uh, the island yeah is um but it's very much like a, it's japanese and its sensibilities and well it's set in japan but it, they they just they harp off of like the kind of quirky aspects of japanese mm-hmm. culture and use it to tell this story which almost at times kind of pokes fun at them. If
1: you yeah. I suppose the same could be said with the French Dispatch and France. I know yeah, you haven't seen I, it but I can I applies. can definitely
0: see, <clears throat> like having seen some of his other films, how that could be the case and it's almost as if he isn't actually conscious of it. And because his films are so quirky and so twee, he just thinks that he can just take Yeah, I do
1: like his style But it just gets too much sometimes
0: Yeah Like I didn't really care For Moonrise Kingdom Because I just felt like It was too much Wes Anderson Yeah And I felt as if I don't want to obviously Discount this one before I've seen it But the French Dispatch Looks a a lot lot like that And I've read Yeah
1: And it also does this weird thing Where it like Switches between black and white And colour Because they
0: like Different stories right Well that's
1: what I thought It was going to be But then sometimes Within the story Like one shot will be in colour One shot will be In black and
0: white Oh, that's kind of cool I do, I do like it but it has to be done well it's, it seems not, just random though. yeah like I couldn't work out why if it's just, it's just, just for like s- the sake of style then I guess it can be a bit frustrating but some filmmakers like what am I thinking of like I mean Tarkovsky does it really well Wong Wai as well
1: but I will say I, I feel like because Anderson's films are so colourful I feel like doing it in black and white is kind of a disservice to that
0: yeah potentially but it's interesting to see him doing it yeah, at least I and I remember watching the trailer way back when like two years ago when it came out um, I was initially like quite excited because I was thinking wow because it, ha- it showed like some of the black and white scenes of the yeah. trailer I was like oh, i would be interesting to see what he makes of this because mm-hmm. you say he's usually such a colourful yeah. director but yeah
1: I liked I, I did like The French Dispatch I did like it
0: good I mean I, if I had seen it I'm sure <laughs> I would have a lot to say but on that note, I think I'll call it a day. We've sure. done a lot of jib-jabbing. I think that was what my grandma said the other day. Is finally it's finally come jib full jabbing. circle. What well, did you oh, think it know. was? Well, light the, light. well, I'll <laughs> listen back and I'll be able to hear it. But yeah, thank you for talking as always, Lawrence. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Adios, everybody.